It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, we are back. It is Locked On Jaguars. We're back and better than ever. I'm joined by my co-host, Misto Christopho, Chris Thornton. I am your host, Zach Goodall. We took that week-long-ish, six days or whatever, trip where we got to scout Penn State. Got a couple notes that we're going to bring in on the end of the show from that trip of prospects to watch when we get into draft season for the Jaguars. However, although we know they're 7-3, and three, fresh off a win against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland this past draft talk is not going to be happening for a little bit. But Chris, go ahead and say what's up to the people and then we'll get into it. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, fun, a long trip to say the least. Lots of driving, uh, but, Lots of driving. <laughs> but you, uh, mentioned the word draft and I'm going to kind of take this into a little bit of a different, uh, approach. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network has an agreement with Draft, a brand new type of, uh, fantasy football app where it's kind of where fantasy football meets DraftKings and FanDuel. Whereas, so it's daily fantasy, but instead of a salary cap, it is a snake draft. So you kind of draft your team and you bet on them for that week. Uh, It's really fast and it's really fun. And if you join draft, you can use our promo code LONFL and they'll match uh, part of your deposits to give you some a little more money to play under. In that case, go ahead and check out draft. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about them later on in the show. Um, for now, we'll get into the injury reports. The Jaguars have a decent one. So do the card. The Cardinals, theirs is relatively long. Um, four did not practice players uh, for the Jaguars on Wednesday, one being Alan Hearns with his ankle injury, Patrick Omame with his quad injury, Jeremy Pell's knee injury. All three are lingering. Uh, then Donald Payne was added with a hamstring injury, and he's the dude. I didn't catch the start of the game, but I'm pretty sure he's the dude that um, I think he was offsides or whatever on the onside kick yep. right at the start. I remember seeing all the Donald Payne what what all over my Twitter timeline, and that's really all I saw of it. But um, Bortles' right wrist in the illness uh, part of it that was on there last week is gone. So it's back to the standard right wrist injury that we still know nothing about. Uh, Blair Brown still has a hamstring injury. He was limited. Leonard Fournette limited with his ankle injury. Sean Gibson added with limited with a uh, knee injury. And Josh Lambeau has a right hip injury. He was limited. That's something we're going to be watching all week as he is a favorite of ours. And Marquise Lee limited with his knee injury. So that's a step up from not practicing to start the week for Lee. Uh, the past two weeks is now limited on Wednesday. Chris, what are your immediate takeaways from this injury report? Uh, yeah, Josh Lambeau. Josh Lambeau is definitely one that's kind of a new guy on this list. Uh, Marone talked about it a little bit earlier uh, in the week. Apparently, Josh has kind of been lingering with this, and he doesn't think it impacted his performance. Nobody knows kind of where that uh, – well, speculation is he hurt that hip 
uh, on the onside kick. When he went to recover the kick, a bunch of guys fell on him, so that's kind of where the speculation of the injury occurred. But yeah, I think uh, <laughs> you don't want to lose Josh Lambeau at this point in the season because he's been pretty good for you, missing his first and uh, only field goal in the gusts and cold of Cleveland, which I don't blame him because that's basically mm-hmm. like kicking a bowling ball. Uh, but he was still able to hit some crucial kicks that day and uh, can't ask much more of Josh Lambeau. That's something I am glad you mentioned because during the game, Lambeau got flack for his missed field goal because it was short. It was 41 yards. Nortman, a bunch of bad punts. No one is taking a second to realize that ball was like kicking an ice cold rock in that weather. And Nortman, I think I read that he had the second lowest amount of punts returned this year, like 29% of them. So I'm not sure exactly where all the hate is coming from on Nortman. He hasn't been as spectacular as he was all last year. And I think, Chris, you were the one that mentioned it to me that he just isn't punting as much. Yeah, I I mean, last year, Nortman was constantly bailing us out because the offense was doing nothing, the defense was doing nothing. And Nortman was probably punting probably six or seven times a game. Uh, and I think people just kind of would attach to the really long punts. But now Nortman only seems to be punting three, maybe four times a game. And people are kind of really starting to notice his actual punting. And I don't think that's really fair because he's still a top half of the league punter, maybe even he's, top 10. He's top, not an issue whatsoever. He, I don't know why people think he is. Because people are looking to cling on to wrong and then they're not even really even looking at the things that are wrong. But I won't really get into that right now because it is victory. It is a victory week yeah, again. Yeah, that's, that is something I just wanted to bring up because I saw it even during the game and I was just like, it's snowing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's a punter for Jacksonville. He's not used to punting in the snow. Yeah, it's uh, – mm-hmm. I, I, I said before the game, I said I'm not giving uh, Lambo any flack or anybody for this game because I know the weather is anti-kicker. Really, exactly. with the 30-mile-an-hour gust and the thing. And he was still hitting kicks. And the one ki- kick they missed was barely wide right. Like, yeah. he, it was still almost on target, something I don't think you would have even gotten close with Myers. Yeah, exactly. No, I think he was still efficient. I think Nortman's been fine. I don't get the complaining. If you guys think there's genuine reason to be complaining about either of them, send it our way on Twitter. But otherwise, we will move on. I uh, just wanted to bring that up real quick. So, uh... We'll go- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, looking over at the uh, Cardinals injury report, yeah. it is much longer than the Jags. They had seven players not practice this past week. Two of them were not injury-related. They looked like probably Veterans Days off, uh, being for Larry Fitzgerald and Carlos Dansby. They were not injury-related, so uh might be a veteran day off in this Thanksgiving week. Uh, but John, wide receiver John Brown did not practice with a toe injury. Uh, Josh Morrow, defensive line ankle, did not part, uh, did not practice. Elijah Penny, running back, knee injury, did not participate. Corey Peters, ankle, D-lineman, did not participate. Uh, Olsen Pierre uh, did, did not practice with a shoulder injury. Uh, he's a part of the D-line. Chandler Jones, their top pass rusher, uh, was limited with a hip knee injury. J.J. Nelson, another wide receiver, was limited with a chest injury. AK, A.Q. Shipley, their center, uh, did not practice or li- was limited with a shoulder injury. And Drew Stanton, 
quarterback was limited with a knee injury, but I believe they've already announced Gabbert as the starter. So we don't really have to worry about Drew Stanton unless he were to somehow come in. But yeah, first takeaway. Well, there's a, there's well <laughs> would, you, would you worry about Drew Stanton even if he came in? No, but Drew Stanton, <laughs> Drew Stanton is a favorite of mine. So Drew yeah. Stanton is better than Blaine Gabbert. The Jaguars kryptonite is backup quarterback, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, they had a lot of guys not practice. They didn't have anybody that was a full participant uh, on right. the injury report. So right. we'll Banged see. Up. We'll see later in the week if a lot of these guys stay on there. But maybe they'll get uh, a little bit healthier after spending the holidays with their family. Yeah. Um, when I look at this injury report, uh, obviously Gabbert, which is going to be a big discussion later and the rest of the week. Um, the receivers being injured, I guess, helps. But it kind of brought me to my point that I've talked about this on Twitter. I want Bouye on Fitzgerald pretty much the entire game. Not as a slight on Ramsey whatsoever, because I'm confident Ramsey could play with him. But at the same time, Ramsey getting in Larry Fitzgerald's head will be a little tough. Hard to do that against one of the greater receivers ever. Um, But Bouye is such a technical cornerback. Like, he is so focused on making his reads correctly. And he he rarely misses. He rarely blows any type of coverage or lets up chunk yards. And that's really what Larry's good at is he's good at, he can pretty much hit any route that they try to get him on. And it's going to be a technique, a technician kind of battle. And I think Bouye is better suited to go against that and then have Ramsey literally go against anyone else. Brown and Nelson are both speedier receivers. They're not as much uh, possession or like threats necessarily as Fitzgerald, except with their speed. So let Ramsey use his speed to play with that and just be a playmaker on literally anyone that isn't, Fitzgerald like let's let him have his fun and be free anywhere else with Boye uh definitely going and sticking you know foot and foot with Fitzgerald that's just my take but that's something I wanted to hit off of this injury report with three receivers listed yeah uh I can I can definitely see Boye staying with Fitzgerald I think Fitzgerald will kind of move around even though apparently Fitzgerald plays the slot more which I actually do remember them mentioning that in all or nothing in season one uh but uh, we might even see we might see all three of them kind of go against Larry. With that being Ramsey, Boye, and Colvin, uh, I think that might be some interesting matchups for the entire secondary because Larry Fitzgerald is a Hall of Fame receiver, and you have to give him the respect he deserves on and off the field. Uh, having your best players go uh, alongside him because he will make you pay because he is a Hall of Fame receiver. Definitely. But I think that'll pretty much cover it for this Falcon. Oh, no, sorry, Cardinals injury report. They're both Redbirds. Um, <laughs> in a little bit, we'll talk about uh, Blaine Gabbert's first game against his former team, the 7-3 and Jaguars, and some notes from our trip up north. Are you trying to buy or sell your home but having issues with the common realtor? At the KST Real Estate Group, you need not worry. Rather than relying on traditional marketing methods, KST uses a proprietary online approach to buy or sell homes in your desired location. But don't just take our word for it. Here's a testimony from a previous KST customer. This comes from Matthew. To begin with, Tom was an all-around excellent buyer's agent. Considering I was a first-time home buyer and there were many things I was unaware of, Tom answered every question I had and made me aware of the things I overlooked. I specifically remember calling Tom multiple times a day as we went back and forth on a few houses, and he answered every call and had an answer to every question. 
I ended up getting my first home under appraised value and felt really good about the process and purchase. I highly recommend Tom to anyone from first-time home buyers to experienced home buyers. Tom is wise beyond his years, and it is evident through his work as an agent. I will continue to use Tom in the future and continue to recommend him to friends and acquaintances who are in search of a new home. Call the KST Group at 904-735-0609 or visit kstrealestate.com for more info. KST, the modern way to buy or sell your home. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You get to play in a real-life snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes, and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for uh, this Thanksgiving week of the NFL. The best part? Play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on salary cap sites like DraftKings and FanDuel. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code LONFL. That's right, play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL. And it gets even better, Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering listeners a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code LONFL. And right back to it, we're going to get into the quarterback known as Blaine Gabbert. Watch out, MFR, as he once said as a Jaguar. If you missed that, I will have the link up on my Twitter. But that was a famous quote of his when he was playing for the Jags. Um... He's back. He's starting for the Cardinals. He actually played kind of decently-ish last week against the Texans. I'm pretty sure from what I read on the timeline, I didn't go too far into it because it's Blaine Gabbert, and I don't trust any type of performance out of him. But um, he is back against this defense, um, already starting to be called elite defense, like seriously, not just as a thing for – people to say like as a you know we're hyped up like this is seriously as historic defense so this is going to be very very entertaining for all Jaguars fans to watch this quarterback that really everyone has grown to hate on and off the field go up against this ferocious defense uh Chris give me some of your take on it yeah uh being Jags fans as we are we all remember the Blaine Gabbert era and we all know one thing Gabbert was really bad at detecting pressure and even when there wasn't pressure there he still seemed to be detecting pressure often uh escaping the pocket from ghosts but i and i think this is going right uh in the wheelhouse for the jags defense because the jags defense obviously has been maybe the best in the nfl i'll say it has been the best and it's been kind of on the edge of being historically good 
But having this type of pass rush, which leads the NFL in sacks, going against Gabbert, who uh, he's been a little bit better, but still can't really handle the rush well, is a very favorable matchup for the Jags, especially knowing that they'll be going against Russell Wilson in a few weeks. Uh, But having these corners, these corners locking down receivers and forcing Gabbert to stay in the pocket a a little bit longer while going against this pass rush is something I think a lot of Jags fans can definitely look forward to. And I'm just going to say it right now, I think Calais breaks the Jaguars' uh, total sack record uh, for this game against his former team. That's actually exactly what I was going to get into. Uh, I knew we were going to talk about Calais versus his former team. I think Calais playing his former team and Gabbert playing his former team, one of them being great and one of them being awful, is just the stars aligning for the Jaguars. It truly is. I think... I agree with you. I think he will break the sack record against Blaine Gabbert. And when that happens, shoot everything into oblivion. That'll be it'll be the end of the world, really. <laughs> it'll be as, amazing. Uh, we'll as go our, crazy. <laughs> as somebody told me, they said defeating Gabbert is the final exodus for this Jaguars team to get rid of all of uh, their bad luck. This is the final boss. <laughs> I agree. I think it's going to be great. Um, then you mentioned Calais. He wants Fitzgerald's jersey in a jersey swap, which is something that he's never done um, out of a respect thing to the Cardinals. He will be disrespecting them all over the field, but in terms of that just kind of shows you the nature of Calais. Yeah, Calais said that in his nine years or so with uh, Larry that he never asked once for his jersey, and he said this this time going against him that he, he finally wants that jersey because – both of these guys' careers are kind of near in the end. Larry Fitzgerald signed a one-year extension with the Cardinals, so I believe that puts him through 2019. But Larry, an obvious Hall of Fame wide receiver, and Calais uh, kind of climbing those ranks, probably putting himself into a little bit of the Hall of Fame contention with this late surge in his career. Uh, yeah, just pure respect for the both of them. I'm sure there's zero bad blood between. They both know it's a business and it will be really fun to see Calais uh, go against this Cardinals O-line and against Gabbert and uh, Larry Fitzgerald, a Hall of Fame receiver, going against these two stud cornerbacks and Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. I am so excited. I'm hopping down in my seat. <laughs> but um, we'll move it on to Twitter questions. Um, Rob Kroll, is Peterman going to be sticking uh, – sorry, Patrick Peterson, the – Arizona, Arizona Cardinals star cornerback. Is he going to be sticking on Keelan Cole or D.D. Westbrook on the outside? Remember, D.D. made his debut this past week. I think he had three receptions for 35 yards and a very acrobatic acrobatic catch that was wrongfully called incomplete. It was perfect, and the it evidence... Was a perfect catch. It, it was in. It was 100% that was in. That's kind of the Jaguars referee stuff in a nutshell this year. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, so it looks – I'm not too familiar. I'll obviously look on it throughout the week if Patrick Peterson sticks to one side of the field or if he is versatile enough to go on both sides and just cover who need to cover. Uh, but I think Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook are kind of going to be kind of fun matchups for to watch against Patrick Peterson because Patrick Peterson is a very, very good cornerback. But Westbrook and Cole are very fast receivers, and I'm kind of 
excited to see if they can use their speed and agility to kind of break some moves off Patrick Peterson, especially D.D. Westbrook, because D.D. Westbrook, being a Heisman finalist in college, uh, was definitely a touted receiver coming out. So it will definitely be interesting to see Patrick Peterson, in my opinion, Patrick Peterson versus D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, I would like to see that a lot. Um, and Patrick Peterson is a guy that can press corners, so that will be a test for D.D., as we've talked about before, and what his weaknesses could be against NFL corners. So it would be definitely good to see D.D. against that level of competition, as we're all so confident that he can become a star. Though so, we did we did see last week that the Browns were not pressing D.D., which was surprising to you. They weren't. Pre- I would, that was the main thing I was watching all week, is they didn't press all and Didi got open a lot portals didn't see him a lot and there were a lot of plays where you could have designed it because the uh, the Browns when I was watching were running a lot of cover three with uh Jabril Peppers as the over the top safety and as we've seen all this season and as we saw as a college prospect the one thing Peppers struggled with was actually covering he was an athlete and he could tackle and he could make plays but he was not good in coverage recognition and being able to actually you know make plays and reads there were several opportunities for DD to hit skinny post in seven routes and break free that Bortles never saw him on, which, I mean, it's whatever. The Jaguars won, but there are opportunities for DD to be a big playmaker, and he was open. So if teams continue to not press, the Jaguars need to notice that and immediately start taking advantage of it, and suddenly that's a ton of help in the passing game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that, like I said, I think that'll be my favorite thing to kind of watch on the offense is Fournette against his D-line, which isn't really a whole lot, and D.D. Westbrook versus this Arizona secondary with Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, and Buda Baker. Yeah, for sure. Then we've got one more question that I am going to pull up on Twitter at the moment. I'm still trying to find it. It was about Allen Robinson. It actually came directly to me but I decided we'd bring it on to the Locked On pod. Um, with this weak passing game of the Jaguars, do you think Allen Robinson is going to put the Jaguars' backs against the wall with demands for a big contract? I would, from Black V 86 I hadn't really thought about it like that. I don't know if that really seems to be Robinson's forte. He doesn't seem like a very like high-demanding player like that. I mean, I obviously wouldn't know what he's going to demand in terms of contract and money and everything like that. But I, I don't know if I see him doing that, but I get, I get where it would come from. Uh, I could definitely see Robinson doing that. I think this year, this past season is really kind of helping both sides in negotiations because uh, in the NFL, a lot of star receivers have gone down with injury. Julian Edelman, Odell Beckham, and they're they're going down with injuries in the offenses. Obviously, the Patriots kind of rebounded because they have Hall of Fame quarterback Tom Brady back there and Belichick doing things. But we saw the complete collapse of the Giants' offense without Odell. And when he was, they were kind of competent. But so I think that helps Allen Robinson in his negotiations, saying, "Look, your offense has been struggling without me in it, and you obviously could use me on your offense. Give me this money." And on the flip side. The Jaguars kind of can leverage with all the injuries as in numbers and be like, well, listen, we're offering you kind of what the market is right now for receivers. Uh, You're coming off injury. We don't know how you'll come back. So it'll be really interesting to see where the numbers go, whether they offer him a big contract or a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, But I think Robinson has the leverage for the Jags, and I think the Jags should honestly, if he's asking for a little more money, I think they should give it to him. If it comes down to it, yeah. 
Yeah, if it comes down to it, give Robinson the money because you don't want to have to go that's, on another search for a receiver. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I think they need to just give him the money uh, if that's what he wants because they can. They definitely have the money to, and they can, you can tell they are missing him, and it's hard to find a guy like him that's so dynamic as a receiver. But uh, in a few moments, we're going to go over our scouting trip to Penn State and give you guys a petition to check out. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we made the road trip up to Penn State, Chris and I. It was a long drive, a lot of driving. We also stopped at Pittsburgh to see the Steelers beat the Titans. Uh really helped the Jaguars case, put them in first place in the division outright. Um, then head over to Penn State, caught some prospects. It is cold. I don't know if anyone that's listening has ever been to a Penn State game, especially in the 30-degree rain. It is freezing cold. But we saw a couple prospects that really caught our eye, and I know Chris's guy has always been Mike Giusecki, their tight end. He's really grown on me, too. I like him a lot. He's a, he actually had a pretty good game when we were up there. I think, Chris, you said he broke their all-time touchdown record for a tight end? Yeah, so Jacecki broke the uh, Penn State all-time receiving touchdown record uh, for Penn State in the same game that Saquon Barkley broke the rushing touchdowns at Penn State record. So we kind of saw a record-setting day for these two uh, top draft-eligible players on the Penn State roster. Yeah, um, obviously seeing Barkley perform the way he did and just seeing Barkley in general this generational type of running back was really fun to see uh Giuseppe being good we saw McSorley their quarterback and he's really not someone to keep your eye on too much he's going to be more of a camp arm late round draft pick kind of quarterback not the answer the Jaguars are looking for um Giuseppe I mean Chris if you want to go any more in terms of like what you saw what you see in Giuseppe as a prospect that he could offer the Jaguars yeah so Going off of what the Jags scheme for tight ends and what Jacecki is, is a match made in heaven in all honesty. Uh, Jacecki is a very good blocker on the line, which is something the Jags definitely look forward to. And he's a good receiver, but he's really good in the red zone, coming in at 6'6", 257. Uh, both of his touchdowns this past week were in the red zone. He had four receptions for 47 yards and two touchdowns. And I think that's exactly what the Jags are looking for in a tight end. And I think Jacecki gives that to them perfectly. I was talking to a buddy of mine who is a Penn State fan, and we were kind of almost in perfect uh, harmony in saying what Jacecki is and then what the Jags need. And like I said, he's a match made in heaven. And if I'm the Jags, I would go after this guy and make sure you get him on your team because this guy is a good football player. Uh, We were talking to a lady that was sitting in front of us in the Penn State game, and she was saying that Jacecki was probably her favorite player, that he's just such a good, well-rounded uh, player on this team, and just everybody loves him. He's a real professional, and I think that's just the perfect person to have on your roster. I agree. That was that was the feeling we really got from around there. There were a lot of people 
taking Seki not only as a good player, but as like that team guy. And I take that for as much as you want being Penn State fans, but it seemed like the general consensus is everyone loved to have him there. And that's always a good thing to have in a player. Absolutely. But then, um, one guy that I really picked up on when we were watching, uh, I know the Jaguars are pretty set with their Mike and Sam linebacker. No, sorry, Mike and Will linebacker with Miles um, Jacket, Mike, Telvin at Will, Telvin being extended this year for another four years. But their base defense, often it's like 20 to 30% of snaps. Uh, Paul Puzlesny is out there at Mike and Jack is at Sam whenever they are running this base package. A guy I saw at Penn State, his name is Jason Cabinda. He is, I think, a 6'2", 235-pound linebacker. He's a guy I think you could draft in the mid-rounds to play Sam. He's getting a little bit of hype from draft Twitter, but he's not up there as, like, this great, great linebacker or anything. But so far this season, he has 82 total tackles, six tackles for loss, 2.5 sacks, um, three defended passes, and a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. He's an all-round kind of playmaker. Uh, you can put him up there. You saw, We watched him. Go. He was wherever the ball was. He was there both against the run and the pass deflections. Like I said, um, he was making a lot of run stops too within a couple yards of the line of scrimmage. He's a guy to definitely keep your eye on if you're going to be looking for linebackers. He just started to catch my eye. We um, knew there was a little bit of hype around him, but when I started really watching number 40 on the field, he was pretty much everywhere. Yeah, uh, two of his three pass deflections on the air came in that game that we watched uh, against Nebraska. Had a half sack and a half tackle for loss, so he was he was flying uh, the day that we kind of went to him, which was I guess good for us. We got to see all the prospects we wanted to kind of show out. Yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely a guy that if they took him, I feel like his draft stock's probably in the fifth day three type thing. If we were to get Jason Cabinda, man, I'd be I'd be ecstatic. I'd be rooting for that dude. Yeah, I would be too. And I think he's a guy that you can eventually plug into your base Sam, Sam linebacker spot. Probably use him as a depth piece at Mike as well. I don't think he has the closing speed like Telpin does to play Will, but if you have him as that two-piece depth guy and a starter at a position you don't have on the field too often, maybe you can even increase the amount of times you use your um, your base with that strong side linebacker in-house and a player you know you can trust against the run early on. Maybe he could be a guy that fits. Yeah, no, you'd be passing the proverbial uh, Penn State linebacking torch from Paul Pazlesny to Jason Cabinda. But Penn State to Penn State? Just kind of, it just seems right. Yeah, it does seem right. So you heard it here, Jason Cabinda Hive. Um, then before we close out, I want to let everyone know, I have personally put out a petition for the Jaguars because um, we all know and love the voice of Andrew Catalan. He is the guy that originally called the Jaguars for his Titans game in 2016 at the end of the year. Those tricky Jags, who are these Jacksonville Jaguars? He has been on call for the Jaguars six games this year. He was not on this past weekend to everyone's disappointment. When he is calling their games this year, they are five and one. And he he actually took it to Twitter. He saw that Jaguars fans were upset with him not being there. He put out that they were five and one with him on the call, which is something I hadn't noticed until then. I put out a petition that I would like Andrew Catalan to be the voice of the Jaguars, national voice for that matter, not hired by 10XL. But going forward, anytime CBS is broadcasting Jaguars games, I would like him to be the voice, and I know a lot of you agree. We all think he brings a lot of passion to covering the Jaguars. At least that's what we can hear. He brings a lot of excitement. 
So that's anything you really care for. Um, this petition calls for him to call every CBS-hosted Jaguars game through the end of the year, including the postseason. Obviously, AFC Championship game or Super Bowl, they're going to give to Nance and Romo. But if we can't even get him throughout the rest of the playoffs, assuming we go further into the playoffs, which I'd like to think they do, uh, go sign it, check it out. I have it pinned to my Twitter page. It's something we'd really like to get done. As of an hour after it posted, it already had over 50 signees, a lot of retweets. People are going crazy over it. Definitely check it out. That'd be cool to have him on. As you can tell, he's pretty passionate about calling Jaguars games. Yeah, uh, definitely those those tricky Jags. <laughs> uh, definitely a call that will kind of ring in for the ages uh, for so Jags. It's, it's, it's in a lot of hype videos, I can tell you that. I, I don't know how many, but it's going to be going on. Uh, a, lo- a lot of people like the you know positivity, uh, positive coverage that he's brought to this team. Even last year when they finished the year 3-13, and 13, he was fun to have. But that'll just about do it for us at Locked on Jaguars. Uh, be sure to check us out tomorrow. We'll have some more coverage in. I think we'll go Jags offense versus Cardinals defense more in depth. Talk a we'll uh, we'll actually we'll actually be off tomorrow uh, for oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, that's right. For Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. But we'll definitely have uh, – we might record early and post later Friday or something like that to get you guys that content. That's what – yeah, we could post um, sometime on – we can do an early recording Friday post it uh middle of the day friday we'll get saturday before the uh the day before the game as well uh happy thanksgiving to everyone listening in and we will catch up with you later happy holidays guys if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.